Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the regions around the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I, and I am not worthy to carry his sandals. For he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the shaft he will burn with unquenchable fire. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. We are in the season of Advent, and as we know, the theme is preparation, preparing ourselves for the birth of Jesus and preparing ourselves for the second coming of Jesus at the very same time. And it seems odd because there are two different events that we are preparing for at the same time. When we talk about Advent, we have established that we prepare for all kinds of things, and that preparation takes time and effort, and that it's something that doesn't happen on its own, that we have to prepare, that we have to do something in order to prepare. Last week we learned that being unprepared can have terrible consequences. You could be left behind. Nobody here wants to be left behind. Everybody wants to be prepared for that second coming. We also learned that being prepared is not about having some big to-do list of things to do, but that it's about having faith in Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. Today, we seek to understand more about what it means to be prepared for Jesus. In those days, we are told John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. His message was alarming because he didn't say the kingdom of God is coming. He didn't say the kingdom of God one day will be here. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. It is a present reality. It is near. It is now. 
And to anybody listening to him, this caused a lot of little red flags to go up. Wait, the kingdom of God is near and I didn't know? I didn't notice? I wasn't prepared? How, did, how could I miss something as big as the coming of the kingdom of God? As John was preaching this word of repentance and having people from the whole region come out to be baptized for repentance, he was letting them know that it wasn't an if or a when, but it was a now. The kingdom of God has now come. And when I thought about that, I just couldn't, I couldn't avoid the comparison to receiving a package. Because the way we do packages now is just amazing to me because you know exactly where your package is like all the time. They tell you it's being shipped, it's being packed, it's at this facility, it's on the truck. Some driver is driving it all over Atlanta today. You won't get it today, but you'll get it tomorrow. And you can track your package from when it's shipped all the way to your front door. And like I was telling the kids, it's amazing because now they tell you, your package has arrived. It is sitting in your front door. And by the way, ta-da, here's your picture. If you didn't know what your package in your door looked like, here it is. It's a visual to let you know that the process of delivery has been completed. It has shipped, it has packed, it has been sent, it has been traveled, and it has finally arrived at your door. When John told the people the kingdom of God was near, he was trying to paint that same picture for them about the coming of Jesus. He was saying, you've been waiting for a Messiah. You ordered a Messiah. You asked for a Messiah. You prayed about a Messiah. The prophets prophesied about the coming of a Messiah. And let me tell you something. The kingdom of God has drawn near, and the time is now. Well, when you receive a package, and it's something that you're looking forward to get, you rush to the door. You open, you fling the door open and look for that package and pick it up. You, you bring that package in your home and you open it, you unwrap it, you unpack it, and you take out that which you ordered. And when we look at the example of what John was doing in the wilderness, he was basically telling the people the package is here. It's time to, for you to make it your own, to receive the kingdom of God that is drawn near to you in Jesus Christ. I mean, it's such a great package that I'm not even worthy to carry his sandals. He's even greater than I, more powerful than I. I'm baptizing you with some water for repentance, but let me tell you, when you receive that package, whoa, hold on. Because he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He's going to baptize you with power. He's going to give you more than I could ever offer you. And you know, some packages are bigger than others. Some presents are bigger than others. You always notice that when we do Christmas parties and there's gift swaps. And there's always the person that goes, which is the biggest box in the house? That's the one I'm going for. I want to get the biggest present. I want to get the biggest one. Well, when you receive a big package or something that is extremely valuable, one of the things that you know 
is that they won't just leave it at your door and take a picture of it. They'll require you to actually be there to sign for the package. They'll say, you know, you have to be present because this is too valuable. We're not leaving it in your front porch for somebody to come by and grab it and take off with it. You have to be there to receive it. You have to sign for it. You have to say, I want it. <laughs> and you have to put your John Hancock down so that we know that you got it and you can't claim that you didn't receive it. And so you have to plan to be there when your item is being delivered. When John told the people to make their path straight, to repent of their sin, to get right with God, what he was saying was, you got to do your part to get ready for this package. You got to prepare yourself to receive this package. And the way you prepare is by confessing your sin, getting right with God, and preparing the way of the Lord, making his path straight in your life. Well, some packages indeed are bigger than others. Some time ago, we ordered some new reclining chairs for our TV room. You know, you, you know when you use your recliner until it no longer reclines and has holes and all that? Ours was at that point where, where it was a, a hazard to sit in because it kind of it went like that to the side. And, and you ended up with a bad back after about 15 minutes. And we decided we needed to order a new one. By the way, if you ever order something big, remember to measure your door space. Very crucial little detail that they don't always tell you. We, we ordered these three reclining, the two reclining chairs with a middle thing, Three and one, I, I don't know, there's a sermon in there somewhere. Um, and I remember that we ordered these things, and they delivered these things to the outside of your house. They don't bring them inside. They, they, they literally bring a truck out and go, here are your packages, good luck, and they leave. And you're left with these huge boxes that don't fit through the doorway. And then you have a decision to make. What am I going to do with these boxes? Because they don't fit through the doorway. And at that moment, you decide, I first need to clear a path to where these are going to go. I need to make a way for them to get from the outside to the inside, to where they need to reside. I need to make a way for them to be in my home. And then I need to unpack them outside so that I can fit them through the doorway to bring them inside because they're not going to fit in the boxes. And here's where the illustration really spoke to me because repent means to turn to or to turn from. It means to change from our view to God's view. It means to change from our way to God's way. It means to give up our will for his will. It means that turning or that changing. And you know what I had to do with those suckers? I had to turn them to make it in through the doorways. They wouldn't go in straight. I had to turn them to get them inside. And then I had to turn them again when I hit the other doorway to get them where they needed to go. But that wasn't enough. Once they were inside, 
I had to connect them and plug them in and make sure that they were all working together. And you know, I thought about this three-in-one a lot, and I said, what else have we received three-in-one? God. God the Father was given to us in creation, gave us everything we have, everything we are, everything we'll ever see. Jesus, the Son of God who came as the Savior of the world to forgive our sins. And the Holy Spirit, which Jesus gave us when he left. He said, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. I'm giving you the counselor, the Holy Spirit to be with you, to empower you. And three of us are going to be with you forever. <laughs> three in one. And I thought about this illustration. And I was like, Lord, yeah. We got to bring you in. We got to put you together. We got to keep you together in our lives. And we got to put you in a central place where we'll be in, in relationship with you all the time. You know, one of the things about TV rooms is that you spend a lot of time there. You spend a lot of time there. And therefore, you're willing to invest in that because that's a place you're going to spend a lot of time in. And if Jesus is the most important thing in your life, then you need to invest a lot of time in Jesus. You have to spend a lot of time with him. You got to bring him in. You got to unpack everything that he has to offer. You have to bring the Holy Spirit and God the Father in as creator and counselor so that you can have the full effect of the gifts that God has prepared for you. John was telling the people the package is there. It's greater than anything you've ever received. The kingdom of God has drawn near, but it's sitting at the door. And you need to go make a way for it to get in you. You need to go make a way for it to come into your life. You need to go make a way for it to become a part of who you are. And you need to clear that path. Now, there are people that have made the mistake of ordering something that does not fit through the door, even after you remove the box. But here's the thing that John is telling us. The gift that God has given you in Jesus Christ is so great that if you have to tear a wall, you better tear a wall to get it in. If you have to remodel to make room for it, you need to remodel to make room for it. If you need to give up space for something else in order to make room for him, you need to give up that space because he is the most important thing that you can bring into your life. I can't even carry his sandals. He is such more powerful and more great than I. Repent means to turn, to make a dramatic change of mind and direction. And if you've ever had to move furniture, you know that turning is a big part of moving furniture. Because furniture simply will not go just one way. You've got to get creative and turn so you can get it in there. And John was saying, I don't care how many things you have to turn around in your life. You turn them around because Jesus is the best gift that you can ever receive. 
Well, John's out there proclaiming this. People are coming from the left and from the right. They're coming from Judea, from Jerusalem, from all the region. They're coming from everywhere. They're listening to his message and going, wait a second, if the kingdom is here, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss that because I've been waiting for the kingdom of God. I've been waiting for the Messiah. I've been waiting for the fulfillment of the prophecies. I've been waiting for what God is going to do to deliver us. I don't want to miss that. And people are coming by the droves to see John, to get baptized, to receive forgiveness through their repentance. And to John's surprise, here come some Pharisees and some Sadducees. The religious elite coming out to the middle of the wilderness to get baptized in the River Jordan, which, by the way, is a dirty river, not really the cream of the crop. You know, people think the Jordan, they think, oh, that's, that would be so great. You've never seen the Jordan, have you? It's a muddy, dirty kind of looking river. It's not, it's not clear, pristine water like you would think. And here are the religious elite coming out to get baptized by John the Baptist. And you would think that he would be happy that they're listening to his message. You would think that he would be happy that they're coming out to get baptized. And look at how John receives them. You brood of vipers. By the way, that's not a compliment to a Jewish person. You just compared them to a snake. Snake was what tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden and associated with Satan. You just called them Satan. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Who told you about this? He did. He's the one that's been proclaiming the kingdom of God has come near. And yet he's saying, who warned you of the wrath to come? And then he warns them. He says, don't think that just because you're children of Abraham, that you get a pass on repentance. Don't think that just because you are part of the chosen people of God, you can continue to keep doing things your own way instead of God's way. Don't think that just because you're children of God, you can keep your house the way it is without tearing any walls or redecorating to make room for the Messiah. He says, no, you too must bear fruit, good fruit, worthy of your repentance. And I like the word good on there because there are people that bear fruit, but it's not any good. They bear bitterness or resentment or anger or other things that are not gifts of the Spirit. He says, no, you must bear good fruit, worthy of your repentance. When the package arrives, and remember, it's at the front door, you too have to make room. You too have to let him in. You too have to acknowledge that you need him and that you can't make it without him, that you can't rely on the law, that you can't rely on your own achievements and your own doings, that it is by grace that it is received and by faith. And when that package arrives, just know that just being a child of Abraham is not going to cut it. In fact... God can raise children for himself from anywhere. Well, to the Israelites, that, that was as insulting as you can get. <laughs> you know, God 
God can just get himself some new children if you don't cut it, <laughs> if you don't do the right thing. And to bring the point home, John tells them, let me tell you something. The ax is lying at the root of the trees. And if you don't bear good fruit, what's going to happen is you're going to get cut down and thrown into the fire. You must bear good fruit. John was saying it, it's just not enough to call yourself a child of Abraham. It's not enough to just be a Jew. And today I want to tell you that it, it's not just enough that your grandmother was a faithful Christian or that your dad is a faithful Christian or, or that your auntie is a great prayer warrior. You have to claim the package for yourself. The package is given for each and every one of us to have to claim it, accept it, unpack it, and bring it in. You can't ride into this package on anybody else's coattails. It requires your own act of faith, your own act of receiving the grace that has been given in Jesus Christ as the Messiah of the world. Only your Hancock will do. Only your faith will do to receive it for yourself. The only one that can receive it is you. You can't just say, hey, my neighbor is going to receive this and I'll just get it by osmosis. My mom's got it, so I must have it. Mm, doesn't work that way. You have to receive it for yourself. And John warns, don't say you want him and then not make room for him in your life. Don't say you want him and then not be willing to repent of your sin. Don't say you want him and then say, you know what? You really don't fit into my home. I'm just going to leave you out there. He says, make room for him. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. As we prepare for Jesus, both in his birth and in his second coming, let us constantly remember to turn away from our sins into him. There are people that have ordered things that were too big to fit through the doors, I was saying earlier. Even after you took the hinges off and did all that, they couldn't fit it in their home. And at that point, they had to make a decision. Do I tear down a wall or make a larger opening so that it can come in? Or do I return it? John was warning them, don't return it. Don't leave the gift outside. That gift is more valuable than anything you already have inside. It's more precious than anything you could ever obtain on your own. If you have to tear down a wall, tear down a wall. But don't leave Jesus waiting outside the door. The time is now. The package is here. Jesus is here. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the gift that keeps on giving the gift of your son, your abiding presence, your example for us to follow, your love personified. Lord, we thank you that you have given us everything we need in Jesus. Help us to make our path straight for you. Help us to make room for you to come into our lives, to transform our lives in whatever way you see fit. And help us to remember that this gift is the best gift that we have ever received. 
and that we should tell everyone about it, everyone about it, everyone about it, so that they too can receive the gift that Jesus brings. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As we worship, the altar is open. Remember, this gift is not just for you to enjoy without telling anybody about it. When you receive something really good, you tell everybody you know. Jesus is worthy of being shared with everyone around you.